This is the Money Made Better podcast by Libro Credit Union, helping you with the financial need to knows with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the Money Made Better podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm really excited. I say this at the start of every episode, but I'm genuinely really excited. October is all about small businesses and small business month. So today I am joined by a Libro colleague, Hillary Desmond, who is a small business specialist. And I have Emily here from Think HR in Woodstock, Ontario. Ladies, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Great. Doing great. Amazing. Excited to be here. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit, Emily and Hillary. Our jobs are very different with Libro. And I think in a lot of ways, your job is more fun because you have more interaction with small business owners than I do. And as we know, small businesses are the backbone of our society. We need them and we love them. And I'm excited to sit down and chat with you both today. So Emily, I want to start with you. Your website says that you kind of were like the bachelorette of jobs and job searching <laughs> um, before you started Think HR. Can you tell me a little bit about what you were doing before Think HR came to fruition? Yeah, definitely. So um, I was attending the University of Guelph, um, got my Bachelor of Commerce degree there. And, um, you know, you start to get closer and closer to graduation and you're thinking, what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life, right? That pressure starts building. You're trying to think of what you're supposed to do. And um, when I was in that mindset, I was like, okay, let's take a step back, do a little bit of a quick reflection. In the moment, it was not a quick reflection, and I was very stressed. But looking back on it, I'm very grateful (laughs) for those moments. But um, when I started to think back to all of the different work experiences that I had and throughout my co-op program at the University of Guelph, I tried many uh, industries. Um, I had done everything from working at African Lion Safari. Um, I worked for the Canada Revenue Agency. Um, I worked in accounting for a short stint. Um, And then I had also worked in tourism. And when I thought back to all of my different work experiences, I realized that, you know, tourism was a great part of it because it showcased small businesses. It showcased how people go from three different industries, you know, struggling to find their way to realizing in the end what their passion is. And that was pretty much starting their own business. That's how a lot of tourism businesses, um, you know, and mom and pop shops have come about. And I loved their stories. I loved hearing about that. And um, I thought, well, how can I do something like that? Right. Because when um, I know Hillary and I had talked about this before, but we had discussed, you know, when you're in high school, you know, you have two options. Right. College or university. Pick one and go with it. And so the thought of entrepreneurship had never, ever crossed my mind up until I had started working with entrepreneurs in some of my co-op roles. And um, yeah, through there, I just started kind of exploring a little bit more, seeing what my passions were. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how HR kind of sprinkled its way in. When I was looking through past work experiences, I was always nosy with everything. We like the word curious here. I like that. I like that. Okay. I was curious um, with everything HR related. So, you know, back to my first job at Tim Hortons, I was a supervisor working with people, working on schedules, 
you know, combining the very different generations that were in that workplace, I loved kind of that problem solving aspect of it. And then through each of the jobs that I had afterwards, I always felt inclined to those types of roles um, and those types of um, tasks, I guess. It really sounds like you were always kind of going to end up on this path. And I'll be honest, it's been a hot minute since I was in high school. But to your point, entrepreneurship was not ever discussed. I think of like careers class in grade 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. That never came up. But I have to know, were you working somewhere full time before you made the jump to launch your small business? Because that can be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was terrifying for sure. So I graduated in 2020, so April of 2020. Super good timing. Great timing. Did something major happen in spring of 2020? <laughs> I think I've blocked it all. It's too soon. It's too soon for these jokes. Um, and uh, so I had gotten a full time job with a bank um, right out of university, and I was three weeks into the role, and I was like. Mm-mm this is not for me. This isn't going to work <laughs> this out. This is not going to work out. <laughs> and, you know, I had that very frank conversation with my boss and, um, you know, for him really not knowing me very well, he was like probably one of the most understanding people that I was like, look, I have a passion somewhere else and it's just not working. And he's like, go for it. He said, if you were my kid, cause I was around his kid's age. Um, you know, he said, I tell you the same thing. He's like, I appreciate you knowing now versus us training you, onboarding you for another like six months, hoping you're going to stay on and no matter what, you're going to leave. He's like, so it's good that we figured it out, you know, this soon. It was one of those situations where it's not you, it's legitimately, it's it's me. <laughs> it's legitimately me. It's a me thing, not a you thing. Very few times does that apply in life though. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you decide to bring your small business to Libra and how did you and Hillary get connected and Hillary you can chime in as well as to how this relationship because that's what it is it's a relationship at this point how did this start yeah I mean I'll let Emily um speak about what brought her to Libra because I know she's very passionate about that yeah yeah so um I had originally started banking with just the normal bank that I was with already um and when I thought about, you know, starting my business. I did open another account with um, the bank that I was with. But when I got more involved in the community, um, especially in the Woodstock community, um, I learned a lot more about, you know, what people's values are and how they want to spend their money and where they want to put their money. Um, And when it came to the bank that I was working with, it just, the values didn't quite align with mine. I focus on small businesses. That's who my clientele is. I want to help them and work with them where they're at. Um, And I want where my finances are and where my business support is to reflect that same piece. So I started doing a little bit of research and um, yeah, Libro kind of popped up in my feed. And so I started doing some, um, some digging and some researching and, um, yeah, that's when I kind of started and booked an appointment. And, um, I think a lot of it was done over the phone, I think just cause of, you know, COVID. Um, and, uh, yeah. And that's how I got started with Libro. The, the branch onboarded Emily. She gave me the opportunity to reach out and connect with her about her business, what her plans are, sort of, um, growth trajectory and, and everything like that. And I think we were just able to connect and meet and have a better understanding of her business plans and how she's supporting the Woodstock community and all of the passions that she has for a small business just really aligned with what I do and gave us the opportunity to come here. 
That's amazing. I did an episode a couple of months ago called House Hunting Hunger Games, and you can find that. It's still living on Libra.ca. And I was talking to relatively new homeowners and their home financing advisor and the relationship. And as I age, whether it's a dentist or my eye doctor or the relationship I have with my bank, I always kind of treat it like dating. Like, yeah, we may meet and go on, I'm using air quotations, a date, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. What has the relationship been like since Emily joined Libra? And how long has it been, Emily? A couple of years? One year? Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> mm, I would say like a year and a half, I think. Yeah, it's what I think. I think going on two years, just yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and I think... I mean, from our perspective, I think it's about building relationships with not just one person, um, but every person that you meet within the branch, right? So that's mm-hmm. from our frontline staff to our community managers to, you know, the sales staff or, you know, small business specialists. I think it's really about making that connection with the entire team. And I think Libro does a really good job of making sure that they do that with our owners. Yeah, and and to add on to that too, when you talked about you know the dating perspective of things, like even I'm always fine. I'm like dating all of the staff, right? You know, I get a little touch yeah. with each each um, staff member I talk to. But what I loved um, about it, even you know, past onboarding was um, you know the check ins that they do every so often, right? Some people like from my perspective, I loved it. Like I I love that little check in. I love that they appreciate still you know not only just like building the relationship, but like continuing the relationship on. I think it's really um, important making sure that the services that I have are the right ones for my business. Um, I remember after a couple months in, we kind of switched things up, which was nice um, because they analyzed, you know, where my business was at and what I was doing, you know, on a month to month basis. And that kind of relationship really helped me, um, you know, secure my relationship with Libro and, and yeah continue it on. I think of some of our other small business owners who bank with Libro and a few of them have said, you know, when we went out on our own and left the full-time job, which is terrifying, we had no idea what we were doing and Libro walked us through it. Were you in a similar situation? And Hillary, a twofold to that question is what were those coaching conversations like with Emily, um, obviously I work full-time for Libro and I couldn't imagine being a small business. I love small businesses, but I don't, I'm too faint of heart. I'm not cut out for it. What was that like? Yeah, um, I'm happy to start. And I think it's with with Emily and really with all my small business owners that are looking to, to branch out and, you know, leave their full-time employment is making sure that, you know, they have that relationship built with me, but also with other you know, individuals that can support them, right? So it's making a really strong connection with an accountant and marketing and HR, making sure that they're set up not just for success, you know, from a banking standpoint, but that their entire business has the potential to be successful and, you know, giving resources and connecting them with community partners that are going to make a difference is the biggest piece of, you know, my coaching conversations with new business owners are, you know, who are you talking to? Who are you with? Who is supporting you? And making sure that they have a, you know, a holistic support system and it's not just me. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
um, to add to that, you know, as a small business owner, it's really, really hard to let go of the reins, um, to, you know, let someone else take a task on. I struggled with that a lot when I first started my business and I would spend hours and hours, you know, researching or, um, you know, making edits to my website or things like that, that it was just so tedious and so time consuming. And then I realized that once I took a step back and passed it off to someone else, the weight that gets lifted off your shoulders is intense. Like it is just this, like, why didn't I do this before? Why didn't I open up a little bit more? So a piece of advice to small businesses is to really like, don't be too afraid to let go of those reins because it can really help you. Um, especially being a creative, um, individual when you let go of some of those tedious, you know, accounting tasks or tedious like website edits and you have time to actually dive into your business and not just the logistics behind your business, it really makes a big difference. I feel like you're in a a different position too, Emily, and correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I was creeping your website ahead of sitting down (laughs) with you, but you're a one woman show. So you would be relying heavily on other vendors to help you like, I don't, it's going to sound ridiculous. I work for Libra, but I'm not good with finances. Um, like don't ever come to me for financial advice. I I can handle my own household budget, but that's, but that's not what I do here. Right. There are experts here and it kind of is the same with a business. Like if you're in the HR biz and you have a podcast, which you should check out, your background is maybe not in accounting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did, uh, like I said, I did a stint in accounting, um, which has given me enough confidence to do my month-to-month bookkeeping. Being a service-based business, there's not a whole lot that goes into that month-to-month basis. Um, but yeah, anything anything past that is whoop, right over my head. Is that when the phone gets picked up and you're like, <laughs> Hillary or anyone at Libro SOS? Somebody help. Somebody help. Or, yeah. yeah, and I yeah. think it's important, I think, to just understand that, you know, you have people that can support you. And, you know, the number of owners that reach out to me and are in a similar situation where they're, you know, they've gotten themselves so far and they just don't know what to do. And, you know, that's when I pull on my reins of all the people that I have, you know, in my sort of arsenal and, you know, start dishing out number, like phone numbers and websites. And it's, it's really about having a community around you as a small business owner. Definitely. No person is the same. No small business is the same. But Hillary, off the top of your head, what are some challenges that small business owners are facing when they first come and sit down with you or whether that's a, a Microsoft Teams call or a telephone call? What are you hearing? Um, I think a lot of it really is, it's dependent on the sort of the stage that they're in. I do sit down with a lot of owners who are just sort of playing with the idea of starting a small business, don't know where to go, who to talk to. And, you know, again, I pull in my resources. We have places, you know, that we can send them that will help them build a business plan and go through all of that with them, right, about how should you structure your business, all of those pieces. Um, And then a lot of business owners get to the point where they're ready to expand. And a lot of them come from the big banks and because the big banks don't want to help or can't help or... They've hit a wall with some of the the larger banks where they don't necessarily appreciate the um, the time and the effort and what it takes to run a small business and that 
they really need that coaching and the ability for somebody to sit down with them, review their finances, and really explain to them what's affordable and, you know, what the trajectory looks like for expanding their business. Because maybe that's not right now, but maybe with planning and organization of finances, we can get you to the point in a year or two where you're able to hire some staff, like Emily and I talked about. Um, And ideally, that's where businesses want to go. And I think those are the two biggest things that we talk about are, how do you start a business? And then when you're ready to expand, how? I have to know, because curiosity is going to kill me. So are you talking about, was that a conversation recently that you had about bringing on some staff, Emily? Um, not specifically, um, but we did, you know, talking about trajectory of the business, you know, where is this going long term? Um, I like being a one woman show, um, but I do know, like I said, the value that having other people um, brings to your own business. So as of right now, sticking to, you know, obviously I still hire people for things like, you know, accounting and um, websites and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, maybe later on down the road is that. You should just change your job title to Wonder Woman. <laughs> but I think it's, it goes to that point of that's, it's, that's a struggle a lot of small businesses face is when, when is the right time to bring on actual staff versus, yeah. um, you know, sort of subcontracting, subcontracting all of those bits and pieces. And that's a really hard decision. And one I am no, nowhere near qualified to coach people through. And again, that's when we rely on the experts. So we rely on our accountants for those types of things where, um, you know, when is it a good decision? And a lot of times right now is not the time. Um, being in HR, <laughs> it's, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now in that world. And Emily knows them better than anybody else, likely. So she will know when she's ready Um, But a lot of business owners don't, or to your point, are not ready to let go Mm -hmm. of some of those pieces and need somebody else to say, okay, it's time. But these are the conversations that are happening, right? Absolutely. Which is awesome. Emily, when you decided to launch your small business and come to Libro, what was the scariest hill you had to climb? Like, do you remember a moment or a question that you had to ask um, to kind of put your mind at ease? Um, really it had to do with mindset. So I am a Gen Z and when I first started my business, I wanted no one to know that I was a Gen Z, that I was young, that I was just out of school. Um, you dealt with a lot of, personally, I dealt with in my first ever contract, um, ageism. I was told I was too young. I was told I was inexperienced. I was told that I didn't know right from wrong. And that really, you know, struck a nerve. And so it took me a while to, you know, push past that thought, push past that um, experience, because at the end of the day, I know what I know. I know I have the right experience. I know I have the right knowledge. I do know that I know right from wrong. Um, And it took me a while to push past those, um, I don't know, icky vibes, bad vibes. Um, And it was really a mindset shift for me. It wasn't anyone telling me that I had to do this or I had to do that or I had to answer a certain question. It was me getting over my own fear of what other people's opinions were and recognizing the value that I can truly bring to small businesses. 
I love that. We're running out of time and I, it's the same question for both of you. So whoever wants to go first, please go ahead. Advice, biggest nugget of advice you would give to a aspiring small business owner or maybe a small business owner that just launched their business? That's a tricky one. Mm. Um, I think for me, and I, I will go back to it constantly, is build yourself a community that you can trust and that will support you. And that community will really help your business grow. Um, and that's, you know, finding the right lawyer, finding the right accountant, the right marketing, the right HR, the right financial institution um, that align with your values. And it's not just about, you know, picking up the phone and the first one that you talk to. That's not necessarily the right fit, but you need to. It's a, you know sort of that dating piece of, you know, interview these individuals and make sure that you're comfortable with them um, and, and really build that community before you, you know, get too far ahead of yourself that now you're sort of trying to rein it back in and find people then is a little bit harder. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to add to that, like it's a, it's a two-way conversation, just like when you're having an interview at another job. It's a two-way conversation. It's not one person is leading this and you just roll with it. It's you can ask those probing questions to see if it's the right fit for you. Um, in terms of my piece of advice is don't give up. Don't give up. And also, comparison is the thief of joy. Seriously. It is, I just posted about this on my Instagram yesterday, that Instagram is such a true highlight reel. And you can see all the things about these business owners making so much money or these freelancers doing all these things. Um, But the true value is what's in real life, not in your Instagram life. So don't feed into that too much. Don't give up. I love that. Again, I'm not a small business owner, but I have friends who are, and I know like the real work happens in the trenches and that's stuff that's not hitting the gram. So really, really sound advice. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, Emily. Really appreciated your time in this conversation. It's great having you in. Thanks for having us. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget you can always catch up with all of the missed episodes if you've missed them over at Libro.ca under the Learn tab. We're also streaming anywhere you are listening to your podcast. So if you subscribe, you're going to get notified as soon as this gets uploaded. We would love for you to hit subscribe. We'll be back again next month with another edition of the Money Made Better podcast. Until then, stay well. Stay well.